Okay, we'd like to welcome you back to part two of our current event and weekly Bible study for November 2nd, 2008. We're going to be continuing this study on Obama and the Islam, Islamic faith and uh, socialism, communism, documenting his actions. This next article is from World Daily Net, and it was on October 9th, 2008, and it was entitled Farrakhan on Obama, as in Louis Farrakhan. And he says, the Messiah is absolutely speaking. Barack has captured the youth and will bring about universal change. And starts out by saying, the nation of Islam leader, Louis Farrakhan. And this is the nation of Islam leader, Louis Farrakhan. Another powerful Chicago-based political figure associated with Reverend Jeremiah Wright, who was Obama's pastor, okay, before he... he Cut ties with him because it wasn't. There was just way too much stuff there that um, that he couldn't uh, condone, evidently, or at least his campaign couldn't bear. And another longtime associate of the Democratic presidential command, candidate of Barack Obama, Louis Farrakhan, is leaving no doubt about what he thinks of the leader in the campaign at the White House. Farrakhan says that when Obama talks, quote, the Messiah is absolutely speaking. And now this is coming from a hardcore Muslim Islamic person. Essentially, we could, you know, if, if you if you're fundamental of the faith, you should be a good Islamic terrorist. Essentially, is is what the Quran says. And then it, you can watch it for yourself on a newly posted YouTube video. So you, if you want to do a keyword search for this, you can find it on YouTube. Uh, he's addressing a large crowd behind a podium February 24th with a nation of Islam. It's, it's a, it was a, quote, Nation of Islam Saviors Day, 2008. The, that sign was behind Farrakhan as he was proclaiming that Obama is the Messiah, absolutely speaking. And he had a Nation of Islam Saviors Day, 2008, behind him. How much more flagrant... Can you get? Okay. Then he said, uh, Barack Obama has captured the youth and he has involved young people in a political process that they didn't care anything about. That's a sign. When the Messiah speaks, the youth will hear. And the Messiah is absolutely speaking. That's what, that's what Farrakhan's saying. Okay. This is a guy that's demon possessed to the toenails. Okay. And he's saying the Messiah is speaking. Brothers and sisters, Farrakhan said, Barack Obama to me is the herald of the Messiah. Barack Obama is like the trumpet that alerts you to something new. Something is better on the way. End of quote. Farrakhan points out that the nation, I mean, there is no truth in these people. There is none. Okay. They could care less about what the Bible says in these types of things. And their father, who is the father of lies, which is the devil, is is a liar. Okay? And they are of their father, the devil, and of his works they will do. That's what we're talking about here. So he says, he goes on to say, Farrakhan points out that the nation of Islam followers refer to, to him as the Savior. Um, oh, okay. Let me, let me just say that again. Farrakhan points out that the man, the nation of Islam followers refer to as the Savior, who is, who is Muhammad, Okay, had a black father and a white mother, just as Obama did. Oh my, I don't know. 
Would God allow Barack to be president of the country that has been so racist, so evil in its treatment of Hispanics, Native Americans, and blacks? Farrakhan asked. Would God, he means Allah, do something like that? Yeah, of course he would. That's to show you that the stone that the builders rejected has become the headstone of the corner. How blasphemous. You know what I what would be neat, I think, is to see the Lord Jesus Christ rain down His fury on these lying tongues that say these blasphemous things. This is unbelievable. And this is why I say, pray Psalm 64. Because when God judges wickedness and wicked people, what is the fruit of that? Every single time the fruit of that is good. Okay, in the Bible, Ananias and Sapphira, many people were converted, many people feared God. But this is part of the strong delusion that the Lord said He was going to send. Okay? And so it shouldn't be something that should surprise us and these types of things. No, we shouldn't pray for vengeance because the Bible says vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. I will pay. God said that. Okay? But when God does judge wickedness, Okay, the result and the fruit is always good every single time. Okay, so again, I just wanted to kind of touch on that. So he had the audacity to say that would God do something like that? Yeah, of course he would. That's to show you that the stone that the builders rejected has become the headstone of the corner. So he is comparing Barack Obama. He is usurping Jesus Christ and putting Barack Obama as the stone that's the builders rejected now has become the headstone of the corner because he's part white, part black. Okay, and now he's our savior that's come in the flesh. Then he says, then he says, this is a sign to you. It's the time of our rise, meaning Islam. Okay? It's the time that we should take our place. The future is all about you. Now, the future is about the Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible said, John the Baptist said, I must decrease and he must increase. That's what we should be thinking. We should be wanting ourselves, our flesh, to decrease while Jesus Christ within us increases. But see, that's not about the future new world order. It's always going to be about me, me, me. Look at me. Self-centered. Okay? And that appeals to people because they like that. So, uh, yeah, Farrakhan points out that the Nation of Islam followers refer to the Savior, Muhammad, the original one, had a black father and a white mother, just as Obama did. So, um, yeah, you can see all of the parallels here now, how they're trying to usurp Jesus Christ and put Barack Obama in there as their savior. This is a, uh, a little clip from an email that I got, and it's called An Actual Example of Redistribution of Wealth. In a local restaurant, my server had an Obama 08 tie. Okay? Now, this is circulating on the internet, but I thought this was kind of neat. And it says, when the bill came, I decided not to tip the server and explained to him that I was exploring the Obama redistribution of wealth concept. Because Obama said this flat uh, fact right off the bat that if he gets in office, he is going to redistribute the wealth, just like they do in communism. Okay? What you're going to have is a, is a very, very... Everybody's going to either be in the uh, lower poor class or there's going to be the ultra elite. There's going to be middle class of America is going to be destroyed. Okay, that's what communism is about. See, they can control a poor lower class people much easier than if they have middle class where people actually have some money where they can kind of do what they want to do. Okay, that's um, this is this whole thing of redistribution of wealth. And so 
Let me just repeat this. When the bill came, he was in this restaurant, I decided not to tip the server that had this Obama 08 tie on. And I explained to him, I was exploring the Obama redistribution of wealth concept. He stood there in disbelief while I told him that I was going to redistribute his tip to someone who I deemed more in need, who was a homeless guy outside. The server angrily stormed from my sight. I went outside, I gave the homeless guy $10, and I told him to thank the server inside as I decided he could use the money more. The homeless guy was grateful. At the end of my rather unscientific redistribution experiment, I realized the homeless guy was grateful for the money he did not earn, but the waiter was pretty angry that I gave away the money he did earn. I guess the redistribution of wealth is an easier thing to swallow in concept than in practical application. Just ask those that live under communism. Happy socialism to all and to all a good night. Guy named his name was Bruce. So anyway, I just wanted to read that. Okay, we're going to kind of get back now to this whole thing about Obama. And uh, here's here's another thing. Let's talk about this is a uh, entitled Obama: The Real Iranian Nuclear Threat. This is from a uh, ministry. Uh, the initials are WHBC. And this, the subject was a letter to pastors, evidently a letter to pastors in America. This is from October 24, 2008. Uh, this is from a guy named Jim Vineyard um, of Yidium of Israel, which is a collaboration of over 7,600 independent Baptist churches in America. Okay, this Jim Vineyard guy. He, he starts out by saying, Dear preachers, over 11,000 of you will receive this email. If these lists work as they should. From the Middle East last night, I picked up this news item from Iran. There was an underlying message for Barack Obama that if elected, he would be expected to acknowledge the Islamic Republic's standing as a regional power. And as sure as my name is Vineyard, I fully expect the Mohammedan, if elected as our president, to acknowledge any and everything the other Mohammedans want him to follow. Iran then claims, quote, we will have captured the White House as well. End of quote. That's what Iran's already stating. Okay? And they know that he's got to tell lies in order to get in there. I mean, in order to appease the, the sheeple people. But granted, again, it's already been predetermined, so I really shouldn't say that. But in order to put on a good show, okay, a good dog and pony show, we need to make sure that, you know, he's saying the right politically correct things to get him in there. And then... Um, Larajani was not the first Iranian leader to endorse the Democratic senator. That comes out of a story headlined, How About a Dry Run for a Floating Dirty Bomb? American and Israeli intelligence experts attach little credence to Tehran's assertions that Iran will not strike first against Israel, but only retaliate painfully and destructively for an Israeli attack on its nuclear installations. Indeed, according to Middle East military sources, Strategists in Washington and in Jerusalem warn Israel to brace itself for a preemptive Iranian attack in 2009, by which time the Islamic Republic is expected to have built one or more nuclear bombs. The sources have gone so far as to examine a list of potential delivery vehicles, ranging from ballistic missiles, nuclear armed bombers, to a commercial jet or cargo vessel, or even a submarine striking the mid-sea opposite Israel. Israel's Mediterranean coastal cities. Now, remember, the president of, of Iran has flat out openly stated in order for the 12th Imam, who there is their version of the Savior, to come, there has to be massive bloodshed. 
Well, they know the Quran says you've got to destroy the infidels, primarily the Jews and the Christians, but their, their main target is the Jews, the Israelis. Um, well, you know, what better way to do that than, than, than to try to nuke them? You know, you could just take them, take them. Of course, they take a lot of their own people out, but I think that would be okay for them. That would be considered a collateral damage. As long as they did it for Allah, you know, hey, they're all martyrs with, you know, anyway. So if we go further, it says Israel's misgivings were strengthened by a confidential briefing given in London two weeks ago by, this guy's name is Sayyid Raha Ramim Safavi, senior advisor to the Supreme Leader Ayatollah Khomeini and leaked to the media this week. He disclosed that senior officials in Tehran recommend a preemptive strike to forestall an Israeli attack on Iran's nuclear installations. Israeli officials have treated the leak as deliberately aimed at putting Jerusalem on notice. I don't believe God's going to let Jerusalem get nuked. I don't believe that. Um, But again, this is a lot of posturing and these types of things. If we go further, after careful calculation, Tehran intervened publicly in the U.S. presidential race Wednesday, October 22nd, um, and said, Iran's Speaker of Parliament, Ali Larajani, a powerful conservative voice, went on record as stating that Tehran would prefer the Democratic presidential candidate, Barack Obama, in the White House next year. Well, sure they would. (laughs) And all other Mohammedans and all the other Shara countries would greatly prefer the Mohammedan as our president, Instead of the former POW, which would be John McCain. Now again, this is not an endorsement. My teachings today are not an endorsement for John McCain either. You know, a vote for the lesser of two evils is still a vote for evil. Okay, so please don't get me wrong there. That's not what this is about. I've already said the election process is a farce. This is more about Christians getting on their knees and praying. Okay, regarding these situations. Not being destroyed for lack of knowledge. Not being taken unawares. As a watchman, just warning people, okay? We know how to, we can, we can pray about these things and, and may the Lord's will be done. You know, it's always should be, nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done, Lord. But at least we're aware of it, okay? Because if we believe what just the mass, mass media is telling us, we're going to really be deceived. And God, I don't believe the Lord Jesus Christ wants us walking around being deceived. So again, we go further. It says this article states that the Iranian sources confirm that the Iranian Parliamentarian would not have publicly endorsed the Democratic candidate without the highest possible authority from Tehran. Okay, again, how much confirmation do we need that the, that the Muslim and the Islamic race and the terrorists are behind Barack Obama? The underlying, even if he denies it all day long, you know, even if he denies it, look who's supporting him. He's lying if he denies it. The underlying message for Barack Obama was that if elected, he would be expected to acknowledge the Islamic Republic's standing as a regional power. We will have captured the White House as well, Lajari said. Lajari was not the first Iranian leader to endorse the Democratic senator. Last May, President Ahmadinejad said, and this is the one, uh, the president of Iran, said that Obama's election as president would be a positive development for Tehran. He added that he did not believe the senator but would be allowed to win, though. A senior cleric close to the Iranian president followed his remarks by saying, quote, if Obama is elected in the talks with Ahmadinejad 
come about, then we will have captured the White House as well. So again, it's, for them, it's a pretty much a foregone conclusion. So, going further with this article, if the Mohammedan, meaning Obama, gets elected, meaning he's a follower of Mohammed, if he gets elected President of the United States, then in addition to the statement by the Iranians we just heard, uh, which is, we will have captured the White House as well, you'll have to worry about the following. Um, number one, Supreme Court appointments. Uh, two, they will all be pro-abortion. They will all be pro-homosexual. They will all be anti-Second Amendment. Now, he's on TV. He said, oh, no, I'm not going to take away anybody's guns. Give me a break. He is going to do that. They have to disarm people. They ha- That's one of the key tenets of um, communism and socialism and these types of things. And this is why so many people right now are going to and buying guns. There's this mass exodus to buy guns. People because they know the Americans a lot of the Americans do know what's coming if he gets in office. And so they're uh Obama can deny this all day long. And just like that that Iranian uh leader said, he's just he's just lying. Just like all politicians do, in order to get in, you know, to where he needs to be in. Going further, it says they will be against our freedom of speech. And this is where the whole hate crimes thing comes in. What I'm doing right now will be illegal within a matter of time. Okay, This is one of the reasons I'm, I'm wanting to do a bigger teaching today is to get this in as soon as possible. Because I don't know how much time we have. Okay, I don't know how much time we have up on the internet or before you know they come after uh, people like me and people that actually speak out. Um, they will be against our freedom of speech, running so hard against it that sooner or later... Sooner rather than later, we will be facing thought police in America. They've already done it in Canada and many other parts of the world. Obama being in office, man, he is the perfect vehicle for that. The Mohammedan will be cowed by tough times financially and will turn more and more to his socialist ideas as a solution for the tough economic times. Okay, this redistribution of wealth. Okay, so... You can read you can read Obama's books for yourself. This has been circulated on the internet, but it needs to continue. This man, um, Obama, is a dangerous threat to the world, not just our country, just like Hitler. His own words condemn him. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. As a man thinketh, so is he. What is he reading in his part-time? We just talked about the book he was reading. How was he brought up? How was he educated? As a man thinketh, so is he, according to the Bible. So his great oratory is empty, and his real motivation is found in his books. These are from Obama's books. He wrote this. Okay, this is from Dreams of My Father. He said, I ceased to advertise my mother's race, which was the white race, at the age of 12 or 13, when I began to suspect that by doing so, I was ingratiating myself to whites, which is what he doesn't want to do. From Dreams of My Father, he said, quote, I found solace in a nursing a pervasive sense of grievance, grievance and animosity against my mother's race. Now, there are some out there that there are some blacks out there that are willing to overlook all of the stuff that we're talking about today just because they want to jump on board with this whole thing, this whole racial thing. Okay, I'm not advocating the racial thing at all. I'm not advocating black against white at all. But there are some blacks out there that want to do this. Just like there's some whites out there that want to kill Barack Obama because he's, you know, a, a half black, half white runner for president. It's all wrong. Okay, so again, I'm not, I'm not, I just wanted to kind of mention that. And then it goes further, from dreams of my father, quote, there was maybe something about him that made me wary, a little too sure of himself, and maybe in white. 
It's because he was white. He was a little too sure of himself. Here's another quote from Dreams of My Father. It remained necessary to prove which side you were on, to show your loyalty to the black masses, to strike out and name names. Another quote from Dreams of My Father. I never emulate white men and brown men whose fates don't speak to my own. I was into my father's image, the black man, the son of Africa, that I'd packed all those attributes I sought in myself, the attributes of Martin, Malcolm, Du Bois, and Mandela. Okay, so again, Malcolm X, I believe who he's in reference to there. And then finally, the worst of them all, from audacity of hope, he said, I will stand with the Muslims should the political winds shift in an ugly direction. Well, I guarantee you, the political winds are shifting and will be shifting in more of an increasingly ugly direction. And who does he say he was going to stand with? Did he say the American people? Did he say America? No, he said the Muslims is who he's going to stand with. He's already done said it. Okay, I watched an interview the other day, and I didn't put it out because people could say, yeah, but he retracted it. And it was he was being interviewed, and the guy was, was trying to like almost coax him to say the right things. And Obama basically said, um, in regard to my Muslim faith, I will do this, this, that. And then the guy says, the guy corrected me, he says, oh, you mean your Christian faith? And Obama said, oh, yeah, yeah, I mean my Christian faith. But he said Muslim faith, and that's what he meant. I mean, come on, we've got enough proof of this already. We're going to keep going now. Here's another article. Now, this was in Forbes magazine, Forbes website, Forbes the magazine. And, and, and this is entitled, Why Was This Chilling Article Removed from Forbes' Website? And is and here, here's what this was entitled. This is Forbes. This isn't, you know, this isn't some radical uh, uh, Muslim thing or whatever. Forbes magazine, and it says, Is Barack Obama the promised warrior to help the hidden imam of Shiite Muslims conquer the world? Again, let's read that again. This is the title of this article in Forbes. Is Barack Obama the proposed, the promised warrior, the quote, promised warrior, coming to help the hidden imam of the Shiite Muslims conquer the world? End of, and then with a question mark. It's by Amir Tahari of Forbes magazine. The question has made the rounds in Iran since last month. When a pro-government website published a hadith or a tradition from the Shiite text of the 17th century, the tradition becomes comes from Bahar al-Anvar, meaning the oceans of light, by Mullah Majalasi, an op- a magnum opus of 132 volumes and the basis of the modern of modern Shiite Islam. According to tradition, it is prophesied that at the end of times and just before the return of Imam Mahdi, the okay, this is the twelfth Imam that I was in reference to which is their version of their Savior, okay? Just like Christians are expecting Jesus Christ, they're expecting Imam Mahdi. It is prophesied that at the end of times and just before the return of Imam Mahdi, the ultimate Savior, a, quote, tall black man will assume the reins of the government in the West. End of quote. Commanding, quote, the strongest army on earth, the new ruler in the West will carry a clear sign from the third Imam, whose name... Hussein Ibn Ali, the tradition concludes Shiites should have no doubt that he is with us. End of quote. In a curious coincidence, Obama's first and second names, Barack Hussein, mean the blessing of Hussein in Arabic and in Persian. His name, 
Obama, written in Persian alphabet, also reads Obama, which means he is with us. Remember, this quote that I just read from this prophecy said, the tradition continues where it says, Shiite should have no doubt, he is with us. Obama means in Persian alphabet that he is with us. I don't know. Listen, I, you know, this is, this is pretty heavy duty stuff here we're talking about. Can I be totally dogmatic? No. But I thought it was interesting and noteworthy to actually bring this up. Okay. Uh, again, I don't believe this means where we're, where we're trying to say he's the Antichrist, but they're saying that he is the, quote, could be the promised warrior to usher in this, um, this 12th Imam. So if we put mystical reasons aside, the Muslim establishment sees Obama's rise as another sign of the West's decline and the triumph of Islam. Obama, Obama's promise to seek unconditional talks with the Islamic Republic is cited as a sign that the U.S. is ready to admit defeat. Obama's position could mean abandoning three resolutions passed by the United Nations Security Council setting conditions that Iran should meet to avoid sanctions. Obama has abandoned claims by all U.S. administrations in the last 30 years that Iran is a state sponsor of terrorism. Instead, he uses the term violent groups to describe Iran finance outlets such as Hamas or Hezbollah. Obama has also promised to attend a summit of the Organization of Islamic Conference within the first 100 days of his presidency. Such a move would please the mullahs who have always demanded that Islam be treated differently. And that the Muslim nations act as a block in dealing with infidel nations. Infidel nations. Remember what we were talking about? Infidels? Unbelievers in Islam. That would be a Christian. Or anybody else that didn't believe it. During the world... This is a good conference to go to. During the, quote, World Without America conference... Sounds pretty much against America. The World Without America Conference. Several speakers speculated that Obama would show, quote, understanding of Muslim grievances. Oh, sure he would. He's one of them. With regard to Palestine, uh, the Ahmadinejad, who is the president of Iran, hopes to persuade a future president, the future president Obama, to adopt the Iranian solutions for Palestine. Oh, yeah, their solutions which aims at creating a single state in which Jews would quickly become a minority. No, it, what it aims to do is, is, is make sure that it becomes a single state where the Jews are absolutely annihilated. They've, when they, before Yasser Arafat died, they, they, they interviewed him and they, he basically told him, he says, listen, our goal is absolute total extermination and eradication of the Jews, 100%. That's their goal. They can say, yeah, we want land and this and that. If you look at Israel on a map, it's this tiny little country. You've got all these big, gigantic Islamic countries around it. But the poor Palestinians are just so, it's just so terrible because they got no place to go. And, and they got to do this and they got to do that. And, they, and Israel keeps giving away more land, which is an abomination in God's sight, I believe. And we're encouraging them to do that in America most of the time. And Israel's this little tiny sliver. And they keep giving away more and more and more land. It's never going to be enough for the Islamic race. They want total annihilation of the Jews. That is a proven fact out of their own mouths. Okay, so again, Obama, he's saying this president of Iran is... He's hoping Obama will adopt the Iranian solution for Palestine. Oh, the Iranian solution for Palestine is a total annihilation of the Jews. Now, the Lord Jesus Christ isn't going to let that happen. 
Not going to let it happen. Okay, But we're probably going to end up turning our back on America. And when that happens, uh, they're going to have to totally rely on the Lord Jesus Christ at that point. And, and it's going to be, it's, it's not going to be pretty. I don't believe any of this, even according to the Word of God. Um, but America is is going to, if, they, if it hasn't already been judged at that point, we're really going to get it. We're really going to get it, I believe, when, when that happens. And I cannot see a better agent for that happening than Barack Obama ascending to the presidency. Okay, We're going to have a Muslim, socialist, Marxist, communist at the head of the United States. Okay, and and, and it start it can't get a whole lot worse as far as that scenario goes. Here's another article. This is from the Associated Press, Los Angeles Times, April tenth, two thousand eight. April tenth, okay, um, and it's entitled "Allies of the Palestinians See a Friend in Barack Obama." And this was in the this was in the Associated Press. Okay, again suppressed, but it was in there. Uh, it was, and this was from Chicago. It was a celebration of the Muslim Palestinian culture, a night of music, dancing, and dash of politics. Local Arab Americans were bidding farewell. Rashid Khalidi, an international known scholar, critic of Israel, and advocate for Palestinian rights, who was leaving town for a job in New York. A special tribute came from Khalidi's friend and frequent dinner companion the young state senator, Barack Obama. Speaking to the crowd, Obama reminisced about meals prepared by Khalidini's wife, Mona, and conversations that they had challenging his, Obama's thinking. Goes on to say, His many talks with Khalidi's, Obama said, that had been constant reminders to me of my own blind spots and my own biases. Now, again, as I said in the Bible, as a man thinketh, so is he. One way a man is known is by the quality of friends that he keeps, right? Yeah. Well, what kind of friends, what kind of people is Obama hanging out with here? Okay, we got this guy who's an absolute total rabid Muslim, critic of Israel, advocate for Palestinian rights, and this is one of Obama's um, best friends that he's had many, many conversations with that have challenged his own thinking. Obama said, these conversations have been constant reminders to me of my own blind spots and biases. It is for that reason that I'm hoping that for many years to come, we continue that conversation. A conversation that is necessary not just around Mona and Rashid's dinner table, but around the entire world. What is that? What is, it? What is cryptically he trying to say? That He's trying to say that these conversations that have molded his thought pattern into socialism, communism, Muslim, that that is going to shape his global world policy, not only domestically, but around the world. The sentiment sounds as though Obama is saying that his many conversations with this fiercely loyal Islamic Palestinian had changed his mind on the issues of the Middle East, especially issues resolving, revolving around Israel's national life or death. Like I said, God's not going to let Israel get wiped off the map. We, we can turn our back on her all day long. Everybody else can turn their back on her, but it's not going to happen from a biblical standpoint. Okay? So, let's go further. Uh, this is from um, the Los Angeles... This is from Fox News, October 28th now. We flash forward from April to October 28th. In reference to the last article we just read, 
Los Angeles Times refuses to release the tape of Obama praising controversial activists. You know those quotes we just quoted from? Well, this is the actual tape where you can go watch it. But it's funny, the LA Times refuses to release it. Just kind of like Hawaii refuses to release the vault the vault copy of the birth certificate and the governors behind the cover-up. And all these other states refuse to prosecute or, or, or do anything either. It's a big, gigantic cover-up. The Los Angeles Times is refusing to release a videotape that says it shows Barack Obama praising the Chicago professor who was the alleged mouthpiece for the Palestine Liberation Organization. Well, hold on, that's the same guy that was just praising him a second ago. The, the president of Libya? That Gaddafi guy? He was, he was a PLO member too. Yeah, you see the tie-ins here? Okay, so he was... Um, this man was a uh, the mouthpiece for the Palestine Liberation Organization while it was designated a terrorist group in the 1970s and 1980s. According to the LA Times article written by Peter Walston in April, Obama was a friend and frequent dinner companion of Rashid Khalidi, who was from 1976 to 1982, uh, was reportedly a director of the official Palestine press agency WAFA. In the article... Based on the videotape obtained by the Times, Walston said Obama addressed an audience during a 2003 farewell dinner for Khalidi, who was Obama's colleague at the University of Chicago. Uh, Obama said his many talks with Khalidi were constant reminders of his own blind spots and biases. We mentioned that. It is a serious matter for Senator Obama to consistently express empathy for Islamic causes and to have many close Islamic friends. Yeah, that's kind of a conflict of interest if you're the American president. Okay, so let's let's switch gears here now. Let's talk about his ties to the Socialist Party or Communist or Marxism. Here's I'm looking at a uh, a essentially it's called the New Party News, and it's published by New Party National Committee, Volume Five, Number Two, Spring of 1996. Okay, I'm looking right at this thing right now. It's it's uh, was copied and put up. Um, it was in an email. That was sent to me. And this is from World Daily Net. They're the ones that documented this. And it's entitled, Newspaper Shows Obama Belonged to a Socialist Party. When you say socialist, you can say communist or Marxism. It's kind of interchangeable to a certain extent. Democrats campaign denied allegations, but new evidence indicates membership. Evidence has emerged that Senator Barack Obama... This is October 24th this came out, just recently... Evidence has emerged that Senator Barack Obama belonged to a socialist party that sought to elect members to public office with the aim of moving the Democratic Party far leftward to ultimately form a new political party with a socialist agenda. Several blogs, including Powerline, previously documented that while running for Illinois State Senate in 1996 as a Democrat, Obama actively sought and received the endorsement of the socialist-oriented new party with some blogs claiming Obama was a member of the controversial party. The socialist-bent new party formed by members of the Democratic Socialists for America and the leaders of an offshoot of the Communist Party of the United States was an electoral alliance that worked alongside the Association of the Community Organizations for Reform, for Reform Now, or otherwise known as ACORN, the new party's aim was to help politicians to office who espouse its communist share-the-wealth policies. Here we go again. Obama has denied that he was ever a member of the new party. Oh, is that so? Okay. Possibly someone should alert Comrade Obama that his spring 1996 publicity is indelible. 
Because I'm looking right at the right at the actual new party news. This is something he's totally denied he was ever a part of. And he's a liar. Because his father is the father of lies and of his works he will do. He's a liar, this man. I'm, I'm looking right at it. And it says new party member heads for the Hill. New party candidate, new party back candidates win 17 of 23 spring contests. Uh, it starts out by saying, over the last three years, the new party has elected scores of members to zoning boards, school boards, city councils, county boards, and state legislatures around the country. This is from the actual 1996 article. And now, the first new party endorsed candidate is headed to U.S. Congress. New party member Danny Davis won the Chicago, won the Democratic Party in the Chicago 7th Congressional District. Change, uh, change is not only possible, it is inevitable, says Davis. New party members won three other primaries in the spring in Chicago. Barack Obama won state senate. Michael Chandler, Democratic Party committee. And Patricia Martin, Cook County Judiciary. I'm reading it right from their own thing. And he's saying he was never part of this? It's a liar. Here's another thing. This just came out October 26. Uh, it's entitled A Time, A Times and a Half. It's from pineline.blogspot.com. And it's entitled Obama's Socialist Vision. In 2007, European Union High Representative Javier Solana launched an initiative calling, called Managing Global Insecurity, saying, quote, the aim of this project is ambitious and urgent to launch a new reform effort for global security system in 2009. Now again, now we're getting into the whole coming one world government and how he ties into that. We've talked about socialism, we've talked about the Islamic angle, we've talked about the voter fraud, we've talked about the birth certificate issue, we've talked about what his opinions and views are. Now we're going to be talking about the one world government that Obama most likely is going to be integral into ushering in. Goes on to say, at that time Solana told the United States... Oh, that in 2009, we will enter into the system of global governance. Actually, by the year 2008, this initiative is ambitious. We're, we're in 2008. Wow. It bridges multiple interlocking security initiatives for the use of administration of global governance. That's New World Order, just so you know. Most notable is, this, is the shared security doctrine, which aims to incorporate civil society and the military into one security apparatus. What, like communism? Where there's tanks on every corner and you got the military and it's Big Brother and it's like Nazi Germany? Yeah, you're going to incorporate civil society and the military into one security apparatus. That's called shared security. Now remember that because we're going to get to that a little bit later. What I've done with all these articles today is I'm just trying to give you the meat. Of every article. I've, I've, there's a lot of this stuff I'm not covering. I know this is a long study. But I'm trying to give you the main points. And when I go through these articles, there's so much information regarding Obama. It's so overwhelming. And, it, and it's kind of like when I did that teaching on Todd Bentley. There was so much. Because there's so much ammunition that they've given me. It kind of made my job easy, but almost too easy. There's so much to cover. I'm trying to just to distill it down for you. So you get like the, the meat of this. Going further, it says the idea is that in a world without borders, traditional threats to nations no longer are other states. Rather, they come from radicalized individuals who reside within the nation. Oh, I wonder who those radicalized individuals could be. The ones that aren't going to go along with the new world order and think just like we want them to think 
and won't accept their brainwashing? Yeah, you're right. Well, that would probably include the born-again Bible-believing Christians. You sure are right about that one. Going back to the article, it says, this is the core of the United Nations global counterterrorism strategy. Now remember, as I said before, and as I'm going to try to always emphasize, God hath not given us a spirit of fear, but of love and of sound mind and of peace, these types of things. The fear of man bringeth a snare. The angel of the Lord encampeth around about them that fear him, meaning God. So remember, we need to always keep a perspective that we don't need to be getting our eyes fixated on these situations. Oh, they're going to kill me and this and that. Okay? If they were to do that, if God were so to permit that to happen, worst case scenario, absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. You just need to pray for the grace and the courage and the fortitude. And the Lord Jesus Christ can do all, you know, I can do all things through Christ which strengthen me. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. We always need to keep our eyes fixed on the Lord Jesus Christ, not on these situations, but also to know these things because lest Satan get an advantage of us for we are not ignorant of his devices. So we need to have that biblical balance when we're talking about these things. And I've done several teachings on those as well, the things that I just mentioned. So if we go further, it says, this is the core of the United Nations global counterterrorism strategy. See, the United Nations are going to have to have this global counterterrorism strategy. Because, see, we born-again Christians are probably going to be considered terrorists. Because we're not going along with what they're talking about. We think of terrorists like the Islamic people, just, you know... Strapping on nail bomb. But you got to understand, there's going to come a time when they all get on board with the New World Order. And they're not, they're not going to be probably, they're going to be with them, not against them. How that's going to happen, I don't know. But most likely it will. Nations therefore need to practice what they call responsible democracy to ensure protection of the global citizenry. Then it says, quote, we, we the people of the United Nations and the root, we the people of the United Nations and need to root out terrorists from within. Solana refers to this as war amongst the people. The result is to be a global human security zone. Spearheading the implementation of this shared security is an organization which I've monitored from its beginnings called the United Nations Alliance of Civilizations. The Alliance of Civilizations professes its mission to be the global governance of the culture. It is a foundation is traceable to the European Union's social cohesion policy, which is also referred to as the social dimension of the Barcelona process. As architected by former Marxist and present socialist Javier Solana. Well, that's what, that's what Obama is. He's a socialist. He's a Marxist. Well, he's, he's got a lot to share with us, Javier Solana. A lot of people think he's the Antichrist, this guy. Okay? I'm not saying I believe that, but a lot of people do. Solana's social cohesion strategy was formed to, quote, straighten out the clash of civilizations by creating a new common civilization based upon a system of shared values. This new civilization will be realized once it has successfully combated religious fundamentalism worldwide. That's when, that's, see, that's when the New World Order, when, when it can rid itself of, of the chains of religious fundamentalism. Worldwide, In 2006, Solana's vision moved a step closer to reality when Kofi Annan, Kofi Annan made the Alliance of Civilizations the central organ of the United Nations global counterterrorism strategy. So again, we look at this and we think, okay, the United Nations global terrorism strategy, its main problem, they're saying, is combating religious fundamentalism worldwide. 
Well, hold on. If you're a fundamental Christian and you believe in one God, that's not going to line up with the New World Order. Now, this is what Obama believes too, and we're going to prove that. And, and why he'd be the perfect tool to usher this in. The work of the Alliance includes the establishment of a global ethic and identification of those radical ideologies which lead to terrorism. Despite the Alliance Alliance of Civilizations claim that they seek religious tolerance, the opposite is actually true. As one takes the time to read what the Alliance is saying, it becomes glaringly clear that the initiative is openly hostile towards religion, in particular the three monotheistic faiths, meaning they worship one God. Okay, The Jews, the Christians, and the Muslims. Okay, Granted, the Muslims are worshipping essentially Allah the moon God, okay, and calling him God, calling it God, the fallen angel. Um, but again, they're opposed to any monotheistic faiths. Angelo Santa Gastino the chair of the European Economic Integration describes the initiative as offensive and unjustifiably hostile towards religion. The alliance's governing body, which is, a, which is called the high-level group, attributes religious fundamentalism and extremism to those who refuse to agree with a universalist worldview that we all worship the same God but follow different paths. That's what... That's what we're all going to be in that classification. Okay? Now remember, the Lord Jesus Christ is bigger than all this. You know? It doesn't matter what Satan plans or, or, or whatever he does. We just need to have the faith to believe that the Lord Jesus Christ is in control and can protect us no matter what. But this is the big thing. You know, we, we're going to be forced to have this universalist view, or they're going to try to force people. But we all worship the same God but follow different paths. Those individuals, they say, have adopted. Those individuals, they say, that have adopted exclusivistic ideologies, which are violently radicalizing, well, that would be the born-again Christian. Okay, We do have an exclusivity. We believe there is only one way to heaven. It's through the Lord Jesus Christ. His shed blood, His death, burial, and resurrection. Okay, And having the faith to believe that. You're saved by grace through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Ephesians 2, 8, 9. So, we're going, uh, we're, people like us are going to have to go according to them. Well, we'll see what God has to say about that. You know, we will. In the upcoming elections, uh, then he goes on to say, in the upcoming elections, and here's, I said all that to say this. This is how the article ends. In the upcoming elections, what I am finding troubling is that, is that on Barack Obama's blog, one may find his support for the Alliance of Civilizations initiative. That's what we just talked about. About the United Nations, the Alliance of Civilizations. Let me just read one paragraph. Spearheading the implementation of the shared security is an organization which I have monitored from its beginnings, the United Nations of Alliance of Civilizations, which professes its mission to be the global governance of the culture. And they're the ones that have to eliminate... The monotheistic face, we all have to adopt this universal thing that we all worship the same God, we just go by different paths. Yeah, you know what? Most of the time that's true because the Bible says broad is the way which leads to destruction and many there be that go by it. But narrow is the way which leads to life eternal and few there be that go thereat. So, they want to get everybody on the broad road and make sure that they want to usher as many people into hell as they possibly can because that's what Satan wants. You have to understand who's the motivation behind this. So if we go further, uh, you can go right up to Barack Obama's blog, 
and, and find the support for the Alliance of Civilization. He's even got a link here you can click in and see it yourself. He has said that in the interest of common humanity, this is Barack, he will spend $5 billion annually during the first three years of his presidency implementing a shared security doctrine. Well, what do you mean shared security? What I just read. Let me go back. Most notable is the shared security doctrine which aims to incorporate civil society and the military into one security apparatus. That's tied in with this United Nations of Alliance of Civilizations which main goal is the global governance of the culture in eliminating all monotheistic religions and adopting the universalism where we're all... Do you understand how we're tying this together? So, the the shared security doctrine aims to incorporate civil society and the military into one security apparatus. Big brother times ten. Barack Obama has said that in the interest of common humanity, he will spend five billion dollars annually during the first three years of his presidency implementing this same shared security doctrine. Why isn't this on nightly news? I'm not making this stuff up. They've all done the homework for me. Let's go further. Now let's get into the spiritual side of this devil. This one's from October 25th. This is breaking, pretty much breaking news. Oratory or hypnotic induction is what this one is entitled. Is Barack Obama a brilliant orator, captivating millions through his eloquence, or is he deliberately using the techniques of the neuro-linguistic programming, or NLP, a covert form of hypnosis developed by Milton Erickson, M.D. A fundamental tool of conversational hypnosis is pacing and leading, which is a way for the hypnotist to bypass the listener's critical faculty by associating repeated statements with the message he wants to convey. In his Denver acceptance speech, Obama uses the phrases, quote, that's why I am here tonight, end of quote. Then the other quote, now is, now is the time, And then the last quote, this moment. He uses those 14 times. Paces are connected to the lead by words such as and, as, because, that is why. For example, we need change. Okay, well who would disagree with that? And then he goes, we need change and that is why we'll be your next president. Techniques of trance induction include extra slow speech, rhythm, tonalities, vagueness, visual imagery, metaphor, and a raising of emotion. Hypnotists often have patients count. In a speech after where primaries closed, Obama said, 16 months have passed, pause, thousands, pause, of miles, pause, millions of voices. Hypnotists call this a distraction technique. Sending the dominant brain hemisphere on an assignment involving linguistic processes, thus opening non-dormant hemispheres to suggestion. I know this is a little bit complex, but I wanted to touch on this because this is part of the whole package with Obama. Okay, he's using witchcraft. He's he's he literally is putting spells on people. And you can't deny that these people that come back from these these uh, rallies that they attend and they come back saying that they had the spiritual epiphany and they believe he's the Messiah and they're following this guy and worshiping him, you know, like this Messiah like figure. You can't deny that's happening. It is happening. Why is it? Well, this is part of the reason. Not only that, we're not even talking about the witchcraft. I believe there's a lot of witchcraft behind what he's actually doing. Okay, so continuing. Hand gestures can be 
used as hypnotic anchors to aid in the hypnotic command implementation. Implantation. They can be difficult to distinguish from innocent gestures used for emphasis. Obama, however, uses some gestures extraordinarily often and for very specific words such as believe and choose. His characteristic thumb and forefinger gesture looks like a hand holding a pencil as if you were in a voting booth. The gesture of pointing sends the subconscious message that a person in authority is giving a command. Obama actually said... Um, okay, and let's read these quotes. Here's some quotes from Obama. Um, or, or one. He said um, in Lebanon, New Hampshire, January 7, 2008, he said, quote, this is from Barack Obama, a light will shine through that window. A beam of light will come down upon you. You will experience an epiphany. Like an epiphany is like the spiritual awakening. Like you, all of a sudden you had your eyes open. Okay? Then he says, and you will suddenly realize that you must go to the polls and vote for Obama. End of quote. That's pretty bad when you start talking third person about yourself. You're like, you're like when you say you're going to go vote for Obama. That's called being third person. That's, you got to have a pretty big ego to get into that. Here's some more quotes about Obama. This is from a person named Dinesh Shamara. And they say, many even see in Obama a Messiah-like figure, a great soul, and some affectionately call him Mahatma Obama. Um, now, from some of the New Age literature I've seen, they're, they're, they're identifying him as what they call a star child. Now, I've done a whole teaching on indigo children and star child children. You might want to reference that because they're flat out saying he's a star child. Okay, uh, mean, And the star ch- children are one of the, the things and the tools that Satan is using in the last days to supposedly save humanity. They're going to, you know, they're going to bring us in alignment with Mother Gaia and, and uh, get us all on the New World Order you know, page together so we can be one big happy apostate family, is, is what their goal is, so that they can usher as many people into hell as possible. That's what it all boils down to. Uh, if we go further, the, the Chicago Sun-Times said, this is the Chicago Sun-Times, a newspaper. He said, we just like to say his name. We are considering taking it as a mantra. End of quote. Obama. I like Osama bin Obama, because that would really get into the whole terrorist you know, thing and stuff. I mean, I, I like the sound of it, sorry. Just kidding. And then there's another one from Mark Morford. He says Obama is a light worker, an attuned being with powerful luminosity, and high vibration integrity, who will actually help usher in a new way of being. What a lie from the pit of hell. High vibration of integrity? The guy's a total liar. Integrity means that you don't go around lying all the time. All this guy's done is lie. Okay? But a light worker. That's, that's a new age buzzword. Somebody that works in the light. You know? Well, Satan can come as an angel of light. And it's no marvel if his ministers be transformed into ministers of righteousness. So again... Obama's trying to portray himself as a minister of righteousness, but he's not. He is of his father, the devil. And then here's another one from Jesse Jackson Jr. I mean, I, I, I always follow Jesse Jackson. I mean, forever in the Rainbow Coalition, you know, go Rainbow Coalition. Sorry, just kidding, teasing. Anyway, it says, What Barack Obama has accomplished is the single most extraordinary event that has occurred in 232 years of the nation's political history. End of quote. Well, that's good enough for me. I don't know about you. So if we go further, um, he, uh, so we read those quotes. He says, you will not choose to vote for Barama. You will, quote, have to. 
It is not a logical choice, but rather one directed by a mystical, demonic, subconscious force. And again, that's I, I added the demonic into that, because this guy who wrote this is not a Christian. He's just looking at this purely from a hypnotic... Hypnosis is demonic. And when you put someone in hypnosis, it's totally unbiblical, it's demonic, it's been proven to be. Okay, so um, we know that this is of the devil. Then it goes. he goes on to say... Um, what purpose would a politician have for making such a statement? Obama used it only once, meaning that quote that I just read. Um, Obama used it only once. Perhaps he stopped either because he realized it was too obvious or because Hillary Clinton or John McCain ridiculed him for it. Obama's logo is also noteworthy. It is always there, a small one in the middle of the podium, providing a point of visual fixation. Unlike other presidential logos, one looks through it and not at it. It might just be the letter O, but it also resembles a crystal ball and a favorite of which is a favorite of hypnotists. Obama is clearly having a powerful effect on people, especially young people and highly educated people, both considered to be especially susceptible to hypnosis. It is also interesting to note that many Jews are supporting a candidate who actually is endorsed by Hamas. And the Muslims, the radical extremists. But there's a lot of Jews that are supporting. There's a lot of supposed Christians that are supporting him. And he's the most rapidly pro-abortion, um, pro-abortion uh, senator ever on record. He's the most liberal senator that has ever been on record. And we're going to prove that later. He's also, so, he's also endorsed by Farrakhan, Louis Farrakhan, Khalidi, um, the PLO, the president of Iran, the president of Libya. I mean, and yet there's a lot of Jews that are supporting him. Kind of weird. It's see again. It's a spell. They are under his spell. A Bible says, "Of of whom a man is overcome, the same he is brought into bondage." When you go, just like if you go to a five hundred one c three mega church and you sit under that pastor's teaching and you let him brainwash you, if you go there and you sit under that teaching, or even if you watch it on TV, of whom a man is overcome, the same he is brought into bondage. All of a sudden, things that that you should obviously be seeing, you don't see any. So this ends by saying there is a sixty-six page. Extensively footnoted but unsigned article entitled An Examination of Obama's Use of Hidden Hypnosis Techniques in His Speeches. End of quote. And it's available, and again, there's a link here. I'll try to include this in the PDF file. You can check that whole thing. It's a 66-page document on this guy, how he's doing this. Okay, it's well known. He is doing it. I mean, just look at the reactions of the people that are going and seeing this guy. And and the people that are um, the most deceived people on the planet are the ones that are the most ones rapidly supporting this man. And that that just goes to show you, too, that he's that he's of the devil. Here's another one. Uh, This is a video you can go look at. It's called Brainwashing of Barack Obama in the video. And I watched this video. You see children performing well orchestrated acts of praise and worship of Barack Obama. Reminiscent of the way children were once indoctrinated by adults to sing songs in praise of Adolf Hitler. Notice what the militant young men, and I I watched this part too. They got this one part where all these kids are singing to Obama like he's the savior. And then there's another part where these these, um, militant young men, they enter a room, they're, they're all black men. They're black, they look like they're teenage black boys. They come in, they enter this room, and they're, they're dressed up in like, um, kind of like military. And I think they've got camo hats and camo stuff, and they're, they're marching right behind each other. And they come in, and they're, they're saying Alpha, Omega, Alpha, Omega. That's what they're saying. 
And the chant is going on in support of the liberal Messiah himself, Barack Obama. Now, Alpha Omega, that's a, that's a um, the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. That's the Lord Jesus Christ. Okay, and again, you see all the parallels, all the blasphemous parallels between they're trying to make between this man and the Lord Jesus Christ. And he's never going to be Jesus Christ. You know, the, 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 the end result of this man is the lake of fire. Here's another article that we can go into, and this is from Lighthouse Trails Research, and it's entitled, Obama Foreshadows the Coming Spirituality. Barack Obama, the senator who may become the next president of the United States, says in an exclusive article in the United Church News that the teachings of the United Church of Christ, of which he is a member, Trinity United Church of Christ, are foundational stones for his political work. Just as those teachings, just what are those teachings comprised of? Now, let's just stop there for a second. Now, he's a member of this church, this liberal, lukewarm, abominable church, Trinity United Church of Christ. He's also, we see, has all these ties to Marxism, socialism, communism, fascism, and he's a Muslim. He's got all, but see, who better? To bring in the New World Order than somebody that has a very, very, very broad, expansive view on religion. I mean, we're all going to have to get on the same page in order to usher in the New World Order, right? Sure. Well, he he's kind of like the total package, you know, in regard to that thing. But this, this church website, his own church website, okay, Trinity United Church of Christ, um, he says... There are many teachings in this United Church of Christ that are foundational stones for his political work. What are those teachings comprised of? Well, on Trinity's website, Obama's personal home church, on a page promoting yoga, the following statements are highlighted. And it says, within each of us is the seed of divinity. Each soul is divine. I bow to the divinity in all of us. I bow to the divinity? Why? What does that imply? We are all as gods. Same lie that, that the serpent told Eve in the Garden of Eden, you shall be as gods. Well, that's what it, doesn't that, isn't that appealing? I like to go to that church. Oh yeah, I can hear how I'm so divine and people should be bowing to me and we can bow to each other. And Whereas the Bible says in Isaiah 64, 6, but we are all as an unclean thing and all our righteousness are as filthy rags. That's what our best day is done apart from Jesus Christ. Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Romans 6.23, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So I see the Bible says the exact opposite. So if we can continue here, the United Church of Christ is an ultra-liberal, pseudo-Christian denomination that is focused on social justice and making the world into a better place. But in the process of all their encompassing views that anything positive is spiritually sound, many leaders within this group have embraced or incorporated the teachings and practices of occultism and Eastern religion. One such individual is Bruce Epperly, a United Church of Christ pastor, who wrote a book called Reiki, Reiki Healing, Touch in the Way of Jesus. In which Epperly says we can utilize the practice of Reiki to transform families, relationships, meetings, and institutions. Oh yeah, you can use it to transform them into devils and to impart devils into them. Reiki is drawn from Tibetan Buddhism and incorporates spirit guides and psychic powers. It is very probable that Obama has been exposed to such things as yoga or Reiki. Now Reiki, I've been, I've had some experience with, not personal, where I've had it done to me, but, um, there was a man I knew once. He was a Reiki practitioner. You know, he was worked in the health food store, and it it involves this demonic energy work, 
And uh, a lot of times people, you know, with Reiki attempt to go out of body, there's been those types of things. All these things are high-level witchcraft practices. It's attempting to use the spiritual energy, demonic energy, in order to, to supposedly heal people. Okay, that's what Reiki is. It's, it's really uh, very, very, very dangerous. And, and again, this is what we've, we've got going on within this um, particular sect of lukewarm, particular denomination of lukewarm Christianity that um, Barack Obama is a part of. Rick Warren and Barack Obama share views on global peace and worldwide unification. So now we're going to talk about another aspect of this thing with Obama. Obama, who was a speaker at, quote, Pentecost 2006, building a new covenant for a new America, end of quote. He was a speaker at that conference, and he used the speech as a call for the continued dialogue and bridge building between religious conservatives and progressives. This bridge building is the same kind of talk Rick Warren used when he is discussing the, quote, new reformation that that will include all religions in which he states that he will do whatever it takes to work with anyone and anyone and everyone to accomplish this new reformation in his lifetime. Him and Barack Obama are totally on the same page. Now, Rick Warren, we know, is a Council of Foreign Relations member. He is a Knights of Malta member. Rupert Murdoch goes to his church, who is considered the great Satan, who is one of the very ones that we're talking about today, that controls the mass media. Rick Warren is a devil of devils. Okay, I've done all kinds of studies on him. And now we've got Obama being in total line with him. And we also know Obama is totally integrated in with Oprah Winfrey as well. And I've done two teachings on Oprah Winfrey where we talk about Obama's relation to Oprah Winfrey as well. Now, if you want to know all the teachings I've done on Obama, just put in Obama in my search box on the, the homepage and you'll get all the teachings I've done on Obama. And two of those are, are on um, Oprah Okay, so he's, he's tied in with that too. This one world coming religion. Who better to bring it about than Obama? See, Bush really couldn't do that because he says he's a born-again Christian. He can't really... He would have to recant a lot of things. Obama's not going to have to recant anything. He's, 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 been, he's been involved with all these different types of religions. And again, who better to bring in the coming one world religion than this guy? And Obama's address um, at... The Pentecost 2006, he talked about the connection between religion and politics. This is what Rick Warren talks about with his three-legged stool philosophy that government, religion, and business have to work together. Wow, I must have missed that in my Bible. Government, religion, and business have to work together if global peace is ever going to happen? Jesus said, I came not, think not that I come to bring peace, but a sword. And a man's, fam, a man's foes will be those of his own household. Why? Because he's trying to separate the real believers from the false believers. And that's called a sword. He's going to divide. Okay, We're not going to have peace. The Antichrist is going to come as a man of peace. But his peace is going to be a false peace. It's going to be a lie. Okay, So again, we, we, we're just looking at the fruit here. If we go further... Uh, in light of the popularity of these men and given the possibility that Rick Warren could potentially be the president's pastor, oh, wouldn't that be a lovely combination? Their views on global peace should not be overlooked. We know we can't, he can't use Reverend Jeremiah Wright, his real pastor, anymore. He's had to kind of disavow from that, even though I do believe he shares the same views, obviously. He's probably more radical than Wright, if the truth be known. Um, but again, what is this, what is this talk about when we have the philosophy of the government, religion, business to work together 
If global peace is ever going to happen, Rick Warren wants it, Oprah wants it, Obama wants it, the United Nations wants it. But what is this talking about when, when it comes to, let's say, Christianity? Dominionism. Dominionism, where the Christians are believing, particularly the radical charismatics, um, and you know a lot of other sects are jumping on board too, that we're going to be ushering in the kingdom. Now, I've done a whole series on dominionism. You can key that word in in the search box. But that the world is going to get better and better and better, and we're going to make it that way through our own actions as Christians. Whereas the Bible says the exact opposite thing is going to happen in regard to this planet that we're living in. That evil men and seducers are going to wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. And, and, that, and that things are going to continue to degrade. That God is going to send the strong delusion that they will believe a lie, that they might all be damned to receive not the love of the truth. In 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 3, God said he was going to do that. But yet they're saying, oh, no, 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 we're going to, we're, that's not true. We're going to basically usher in our own kingdom. Yeah, well, that's what they're going to try to do. But see, they're liars. Their peace is not the same peace that only the Prince of Peace, meaning Jesus Christ, can bring. Theirs is a false, lying peace. So if we go further, uh, Marianne Williamson, Oprah's featured author in A Course for Miracles, which we've done a study on that too, shares this same vision as do other prominent New Age leaders. So all the New Agers are on board too. One of those who has worked closely with Williamson, is Barbara Marks Hubbard, who shares this inner spiritual, pantheistic vision for the world. But Marks Hubbard does not conceal her beliefs that those who oppose this great awakening of mankind will be a deficit and a hindrance. See, we, we're going to be we're going to be bad, bad boys, you know, at that time, or bad girls too, um, because we're going to oppose this great awakening. And here's a quote from her. This is from the Plan, quoting from Barbara Marks Hubbard. Happy Birthday Planet Earth, page 17. Here's a quote. Christ consciousness and Christ abilities are the natural inheritance of every human being on earth. That's a lie from the pit of hell. Christ consciousness and Christ abilities? Well, maybe the New Age Christ, who she believes, but not Jesus Christ. And then she goes on to say, When the word of this hope has reached the nations, the end of this phase of evolution shall come. See, I'm finally sealing up the gill slits on the side of my neck. They're they're just sealing up this week. So I finally am am reaching the end of my evolving. You know, you you, you get the point I'm talking about? Finally, my my gill slits are gone. I I can't even feel them anymore. They're gone. So I finally got done evolving from being a fish. Okay, and and so at the end of this phase of evolution, this shall come, this Christ consciousness, Christ stability. And then she goes on to say, all will know their choice. All will be required to choose. Yes, you're right. All will be required to choose. All who choose not to evolve will die off. Yeah, that's what their plan is. That don't mean that's what God's plan is, because the Lord Jesus Christ is the one in control. And then it says, their souls will begin again with a different planetary system, which will serve as a kindergarten for the transition from a self-centered to a whole-centered being. Well, that's kind of funny. I could have swore they had a guillotine plan for the people that weren't going to take the mark of the beast. I thought that's what the Bible says. Well, they're saying, no, no, no. Their souls will begin again in a different planetary system. That's, that's whitewash there. Just come out and say it. Which will serve as kindergarten for the transition from self-centered to a whole-centered being. You know, and, and the, the, the thing that's so, the hypocrisy about this is that they're the ones that are self-centered. They're the ones that are obsessed with being as God. 
being able to do their own thing. Nobody questioning them. I'm going to do what I want to do and I don't want to have to answer to no holy God. That's self-centered. But they're accusing us of being self-centered. The, the true born-again Christians, in essence. And then it says, the kindergarten class of earth will be over. Humankind's collective power is too great to be inherited by self-centered, infantile people. That's what they think. And that's a nice way of saying what they think about true born-again Christians. And then, it, and then this ends by saying, divinity in us all? Not according to the Bible, but since the Garden of Eden, when the serpent, the devil, told Eve, you shall be as gods, Genesis 3.5, and when Lucifer, Isaiah 14, said he would be like the Most High, there has been a New Age philosophy that declares man is equal to God, and God is in him with, without faith. The following scriptures, among so many others, testify of the contrast between God and man. John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. See, we don't just save ourselves, in other words. Okay, we've got to get saved through the Lord Jesus Christ. Acts 4.12 Nor is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name, Jesus Christ, under heaven, given among men, whereby we must be saved. We don't save ourselves. That's a lie. Right now, the majority of leading Christian organizations, from focus um, on the family, to Awanas, to YWAM, to our seminaries, colleges, and publishing houses, and denominations are to one degree or another either opening up to or actually promoting this same contemplative spirituality. And it has to be that way in order for them to usher in the one, coming one world religion. I'm going to go ahead and end part two there, and we'll go to part three next.